2: Miami-based rapper Trick Daddy has been a platinum-selling hip-hop artist for over 14 years. In his new autobiography, Magic City, Trials of a Native Son, due out early November, Trick Daddy and co-author Peter Bailey details Trick's childhood growing up in poverty. His mother is a single parent, and his father is a pimp. Maurice Young, a.k.a. Trick Daddy, is forced to grow very fast and quickly finds himself leading a life of crime and incarceration. Trick Daddy's story should not be construed as glorification. Maurice Young tells the story with a considerable amount of sober introspection. His intention seems to be more than just retelling the life of his story. With this book and the work he does in Miami, Trick Daddy's goal is to deter the youth from the same road he took. Trick, welcome to And You Don't Stop. No problem, man. So why the book? Why the autobiography now? I
3: want everybody to understand what I've been through and let them know that I'm not just somebody that rap music. As far as my music is concerned, I always tell people if I say if I write a song um, about killing, um, I, I, I also would do a song on the album about dying. Right, right. And,
1: and, and I
3: also would do a song on the album about what happens when you die, or what happens when you kill somebody. Like on um, one of my earlier songs in my career was, um, "They don't live that long," and I want the people to know that. Like, okay, fuzz don't live that long. So if you want to be one of us, just look for a short life not you know, that was about a game.
2: What was your story? What was your defining moment that stopped you? Like just stopped you totally from doing the life that you were doing?
3: When you're fifteen years old and you're inside the, the prison cage and they tell you, drop take care of everything you got belongs to us now. And they call you boy. They tell you the strip necks, been over strip naked, been over in and they shave, they cut your hair against the grain, and talk to you any type of way, and you watching, you watching, you feeling the mosquitoes bite, and you are aggravated by the the sand mice and the nets. You know, this is like when this is like the time of martial law. My the finding the moment was when I when I realized that on my uh, by age of sixteen, before seventeen years old, I was I was in prison for the second time. And while in prison, my brother got killed. And he was like, the only person that I could ever depend on to call on besides the streets. And I said, okay, now all I have is the streets. So now I have to control the streets. I walk. You know, and the final moment was getting out of prison on January 25th of 95 with no address to put on the early release form with no phone number to give them, with no residence to tell my probation officer where I was going to be living at. And I realized, now you grown. Mm.
0: And, I, and I know
3: the difference between Maurice and Trick Daddy.
2: What's the difference?
3: The difference is Maurice is the man, and Maurice is the, the struggle. Maurice is is, is, is the... The son, Maurice is the brother. Maurice is the father. But Trick Daddy is the Trick Daddy only get recognition for being a thug or the or the rapper or the the rich guy, the guy that lives in the big house, the guy, the guy that guy drives a nice car, the guy with the jewelry, the guy with TV, MTV, BT. And I am more respected as Maurice. I'm not I'm not dependent on as much. Definitely not criticized as much.
2: The whole book describes this enormous uh, pressure and role you already had to take as a man uh, at the age of, I think, earlier than like 10. I mean, you're, you know, unfortunately your dad was not directly in your picture and your mom was kind of on her own. When did that when did that become just too much for you like you know when when did you have to Uh, break down i mean did you have it besides yourself did you have another outlet that you could go to
3: it it all started as a a young boy in prison i'm a teenage prisoner i'm in prison incarcerated and i find myself not worrying about when i was going to get out not worrying about what did i do to get there but but to the, to the point where I'm like, what my mama gonna do now? I'm like, oh my God, this this ain't supposed to be like this. I was in prison at 15 years old worrying about how my mama was gonna manage.
2: Mm-hmm. I noticed in the book, and I don't know if this was on purpose, but I, I, I swear I double checked and triple checked that you refer to your mom. By her first name as Pearl, is there? I mean, is there a reason behind that? I mean, sometimes when she's this, right. when she's because at, I, there's, there's
3: a reason behind that because uh, it was like my daddy has his own identity. My dad's a thug, a five-time convicted felon. Not only that, my daddy always had money, and at, at a certain age of the book, I, I got caught selling weed in school, and, and I had to go live with my father. At the time, my daddy wasn't even out of prison. My uncle. Came and act
2: like he was
3: my daddy. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to know, like, I'm not Charles, son, I'm parents, son. Even in my book, when my mom reads my book, she's going to take it into consideration. She's going to comment to me about, she's going to feel like I'm ashamed of her, my parents, and there's going to be probably out of, out of 150 family members, there's going to probably be five of them that's going to say, I'm talking bad about my mama, but. I am from my mama.
2: And you, and you you definitely come back to that. I mean, you talk about how you realized your mom comes back, I guess, years later, one of your last, I think, stints in jail, and you realize that she was always, no matter what, she's always been there for you.
3: My mama was always there for me, whether she was giving me an ass whooping or whether she was taking my side. She would always tell me the truth. I respected a woman, about, you know, my mama comes from South Carolina. My mama was one of the original, my mama's a baby of a, my mama was a grandbaby of a slave. Wow! So like my mama you know, left South Carolina with eighth grade education, man, and she came to to, to what Miami where what we call them city slickers back in the day. She came to Miami and, and raised eleven kids from ten different men on the own With help, only the only help she got was welfare, food stamps, and God. You know, mm. that's a strong woman. You know,
2: in the book, you kind of. While talking about your life, you throw in some social commentaries where you talk about, um, I think, your sister being gay, the welfare system, prisons, et cetera. How'd you kind of figure out what you wanted to kind of quote unquote rant about, I guess, and not to, you know, not to make a comment? I, 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 I,
3: I, I thought if I talk about some a situation in my family, like my sister being gay, it's like my sister is proud to be gay, you know? And I, I don't have a complex. I could be around a homosexual. I could be around a lesbian, and not and not work and not have a complex. I won't watch my kids. I, I don't have a complex with people. Uh, homosexuality is not homosexuality, or it's not. You're not born with that. That's a way of that's that's a way of life. That's a feeling. That's a comfort zone. And I and I just accept that because I remember growing up, my same sister, where all the boys wanted her. And she always would beat them up. And <laughs> if I call her, my sister right now, she'd be like, "Oh on, don't try me, man. I'm your brother, you know? And I could talk about things that people wouldn't get offended or uncomfortable with, with, with dealing with my family in my past with no problem. As well as the food stamps and welfare, it was it was, it was was so easy in the late 70s and early 80s for a black woman to receive welfare and food stamps. You could tell them, oh, I was a prostitute and I don't know who my baby daddy is or my baby daddy on drugs, or, and they would say, "Okay, here you go." Now it's so hard to get it, so it's like, it's, it's like, it's, it's my role model was somebody that had a pocket full of money even when the bank was closed. I never had time to want to be like Mike. I want to be like Big Eye, you know, Big Eye to poke Dilly. Like it's like, and and that's what the average kid in ghetto America you know what I'm saying, believe in. They believe in happiness. And now whatever could have made me happy at that time, that's what I wanted to be. A child deserves their, their pictures, their holidays, their birthdays, their smiles and giggles, their jokes and laughter, their memories. Those are the biggest moments, the most important moments to a kid's life. And I was, I, I really believe that society in itself. Being a young black man, boy, I, I, I don't wear a lot with a single yeah mama in the ghetto. I think that that robbed me of, of all those childhood days. I never really had a child to be a child.
2: What would people not know that you're doing, I guess, personally, to kind of work on changing all that? You know, just trying to you know change those ways, like not get those kids that are growing up like that.
3: I, I, I talked to, I meant to talk to the little kids, the ones that's in jail, the ones that's on their way to jail, the ones that do silly crime, pregnant teenagers, and I tell them my story. And I might I might not tell them in a way that 50% of them not going to respect nor like the tone of voice, and I'm talking to them. But I'm talking to them in a, in a way where if you don't respect what I said, that's because you don't, your mind is already made up, because you already, you know what I'm saying? Like once somebody's mind is made up, we can't change their mind. We can't change a person's heart. Remember, you're, you're, you're like, your heart controls your mind. And once they're to the point where I can't tell them nothing, that means they can't be helped. So I, I would try to go a little further to telling them what help me help somebody else. Everything changes in life. Again, being illiterate, being ghetto, being uh, uh, self-centered, those things forever. Those things are forever. And, I, and you have to, you know, you have to read, you have to go back and check about that. A lot of people bring mama, oh, my oh mama ain't, oh mama it's because of you cause I'm on drugs. No. I gotta tell her mama, you did your job, baby. You did your job, mama, auntie, you did your job. He wanna be grown? Let him go be grown. He couldn't learn from my mistakes. He couldn't learn from his daddy mistakes. He couldn't learn from your mistakes. He will to learn from his own mistakes. And I and I, I forced it I steal in it hard that Everybody don't live through mistakes, you know. Mm. And just because you ain't been to jail for robbery or been to jail for selling drugs, don't think you slicker than the law.
2: After uh, writing this book and obviously having a moment, I think to reflect back on your life, do you have right. any any regrets?
3: I, I never. I, I have no flaws in my career, my success as a music as a musician. As an entertainer, I have no flaws and regrets in myself as a child of Eddie Pearl, or or Charles um, Young. I have no regrets. I have no cries to God.
2: Which song best defines Trick Daddy, the artist, and Maurice as the man?
3: Tupac's white man's world, that's Maurice. Trick Daddy would be Drawing the Wind. When it says because uh, it talks about being a Geechee. And a lot of people don't know what Geechee means. Being a Geechee is we grow up but we never had much but we ate good, you know? Mm. We we looked good, we felt good. We would play baseball with with any ball or any kind of stick. We would we would eat rice for every meal and some type of bread that's gonna definitely fill you up. You know what I'm saying? So it would be for for drawing away in the white man world.
2: Trick Daddy, thanks so much for joining us on WBAI, And You Don't Stop.
3: Any other questions or anything, you make sure you call me back.
2: Everyone, make sure to check out that book. It's called Magic City, Trials of a Native Son. It's written by Trick Daddy and Peter Bailey. Trick named two songs, but I have to go out with one of my favorite songs by Trick Daddy called Children's Song. Trick, thanks so much for joining us on WBAI 99.5, And You Don't Stop. This is Tim Einenkow with At The Library with Tim Einenkow. Back to you, Chuck. Pace. We should be mature about it. We both made our mistakes. And can't
1: no one made us out of it. My little girl's a little lady. Ain't no she off the neck crazy. She's still my baby. And I anticipate the day that I can see the smile on her face when she's too many races, they didn't even manage to modernize slavery, and they clonin' little babies, these people going crazy, why americans America's on high look black America's still starving, living in public housing, You still eating off your food stamps, that's why one out of every three black boys can end up in the camp, and not to mention the ones we'll be missing. Uh-huh. let's face it, everybody can't make it, can't make it. everybody won't escape it, way. if it's thug life we live, then thug life it is, and just remember,